Welcome back to Steph's Business Bookshelf. Keep listening to find out why you need to be big, hairy and cult-like to succeed. You're listening to Steph's Business Bookshelf. Doing the reading so you don't have to. Welcome back and welcome to the first part of a two-part edition. So two episodes this week and next week with books by the author Jim Collins. Today we're talking about Built to Last, which was the first book of the Built to Last and Good to Great series. And next week we'll be talking about Good to Great, which is the second book from the Built to Last and Good to Great series. And I wanted to do them both together because they go together, first of all. And secondly, there's so much overlap, but also additional information between the two. So I thought doing them close together means people can listen to both of them at the same time or in, in close succession and see how those ideas progress rather than having to wait maybe three, four, five, six months for me to finally cover the next one in that series. There are two books that I read last year in 2019 and really enjoyed. Probably, if I'm going to be honest now, I probably shouldn't say this in the Built to Last episode, but I really loved Good to Great. Built to Last was good, and that, but it took a bit more getting into is my personal opinion or what I certainly, what I found. That said, when I did get into it, there was some awesome gold in there and stuff that has stuck with me throughout the last few months whilst I've been thinking about it and mulling it over. And from both books, there's things that I'm thinking about in the business that I'm part of, which is Speak. You can find out more about that by following me on LinkedIn. And we help organizations with leadership, teams, cultures, and ultimately outcomes. And there's so much overlap to the simplicity and those, really the discipline and the rules of things like Good to Great and Built to Last, that those kind of fundamental principles. It's not faddy. It's not rocket science, but it's stuff that works if you spend the time dedicating yourself to it. So in the work I do as a facilitator and someone who works with teams to make them better teams, these are concepts that I'm thinking about a lot. So they're super relevant whether you're running a business, part of a business, you're a manager, a leader, or someone who's part of a team, someone who's leading a team, whatever your role is, there's a lot here to learn. And some things that are probably fundamental principles that a lot of people aren't either finding out early enough or aren't ever finding out, which is a shame. So if you haven't read these books, here is your chance to find out the three big ideas from the books Built to Last and then next week, Good to Great, and find out what it is that separates the good from the great companies. Now, if you're not aware of Jim Collins, a little bit about the author. Jim Collins is a student and teacher of what makes great companies tick and a Socratic advisor to leaders in the business and social sectors. Having invested more than quarter of a century in rigorous research, he has authored or co-authored six books that have sold more than 10 million copies worldwide. Driven by a relentless curiosity, Jim began his research and teaching career on the faculty at the Stanford Graduate School of Business, where he received the Distinguished Teaching Award in 1992. In 1995, he founded a management laboratory in Boulder, Colorado, which always just makes me think that it's behind this big rock in the middle of a mountain like some kind of evil genius lair, where he conducts research, not evil testing, I don't believe, and engages with CEOs and senior leadership teams. In addition to his work in the business sector, Jim has a passion for learning and teaching in the social sectors, including education, healthcare, government, faith-based organizations, social ventures, and cause-driven non-profits. In 2012 and 2013, he had the honor to serve a two-year appointment as the class of 1951 chair for the study of leadership at the United States Military Academy at West Point. Jim has been an avid rock climber for more than 40 years and has completed single day ascents of El Capitan and Half Dome in Yosemite Valley. And that was all taken from Jim's website, jimcollins.com. 
link in the show notes. And a little bit about this book, Built to Last. Co-authored with Jerry Porras and based on their research project at the Stanford Graduate School of Business, this book investigates the question, why are some companies able to become and remain visionary through multiple generations of leaders across decades and even centuries? Among the findings are the Preserve the Core, Stimulate Progress, Be Hags or Big Hairy Audacious Goals, and the Genius of the And. Like good to great, Built to Last compares great companies to good ones during specific eras in history, asking what systematically distinguishes the great from the average. Again, from jimcollins.com, link in the show notes. Now, Built to Last was written first, which is why I'm doing them in this order. But often, good to great, I find, gets most of the credit because it just seems to be a more popular book. But Built to Last was there first. And for that reason, I found that Built to Last, which is maybe what it, why it took me a little, bit, a little bit longer to get into it, Built to Last is a lot more, I suppose, theoretical up front. It spends quite a long time setting out the research methods and who they compared and why they compared them. There is a bit of that in Good to Great, but I found in Good to Great it was probably summarised a little bit more, which made it easier to get into the book quite early on. Now, caveat that I was reading this at the end of 2019. My brain was a little bit fried at that point, so maybe that is also why I found the beginning of Built to Last a little bit more of a struggle, because it was quite academic. So with all that said, and with those introductions done, let's get into the three big ideas that I took from the book Built to Last by Jim Collins and Jerry Press. Big idea number one, clock building, not time telling. And this is a key idea that runs throughout the book. It's about that you're creating something that it outlasts the transaction. So it's building the clock so that someone will always be able to tell the time rather than just telling them what the time is in that moment. And there's a big link here to not having celebrity leaders and losing the genius with a thousand followers because that doesn't create an organization that's built to last. That's only really for the win of that leader and becomes again quite transactional and then everything hangs on that leader staying there, which obviously can't always be the case that they are going to be there forever comes back to the point that the company is the ultimate creation, not a specific idea or product, which again is hard for some organizations to get away from, or that a certain leader is the purpose or is the ultimate creation. So all of these things together combine to this idea of a long-term view. You're not just telling the time, you are building clocks for people to be able to forevermore tell the time. There's a, on the topic of leadership, there's also a couple of points in the book around you don't need these famous leaders where it talks about charisma is not required. And when you do some a little bit more digging, yes, of course, some of those big, successful, great companies did have leaders who became famous, for want of a better word. But a lot of them had, had come through the ranks. They weren't just these big flash in the pan personalities. There were people who'd done the work, who'd progressed over time, who had performed and stayed with the company for a long time. And I'll talk about about that more a little bit later on in one of the other big ideas. But it's the idea that the, the leader isn't what makes the company and the product also isn't what makes the company. The company makes the company. And that is what matters. By having this mindset, it also means that when a product goes out of fashion or technology is updated, it's not a problem because the idea is to keep the company alive and keep the company visionary 
and keep moving forward with new ideas or new products or sometimes changes in direction if that's necessary because you're not tied to the specific idea or product. It's not letting that get in the way of built it, building a company that is built to last. So that's big idea number one, clock building, not time telling. Big idea number two is the big, hairy, audacious goal, or the BAG or the BHAG, depending on how you like to pronounce that acronym. The thing I like about the BHAG or the big, hairy, audacious goal is that they only seem crazy from the outside. And I just love that idea that there's people in the organization going, yeah, of course we're going to do that. Even though maybe it's not actually attainable, maybe you will never actually meet that BHAG. But from the inside, it just makes complete sense. Whereas from the outside, people are saying, well, that's madness. You will never achieve that. And that's kind of the point. It may never be achieved, but it keeps you moving forward and it keeps you striving towards something. This is the link. And they, they talk about the, the great companies being visionary companies. And they really use that word quite interchangeably with the great companies or the visionary companies because they have this core ideology or this BHAG that they are moving towards. And it can be anything. And they actually didn't find that there was any correlation between certain things have to be in the purpose or the ideology of the organization. The point was that they had one. They had an ideology or they had a purpose which was driven throughout the organization and which drove the growth and also allowed the, the organization to practice its cult-like culture, which I'll talk about in big idea number three. What did matter though, was that the purpose and the ideology was authentic and that it was consistent and that it helped you preserve the core, which is another big concept in the book, is preserving the core of the organization. What is it that they do? What is it that you're the best in the world at or could be the best in the world at? Preserve that, do that well. That is your ideology, that is your visionary purpose. And there's examples of where that came to life a couple of decades ago with Johnson & Johnson when the Tylenol scandal happened and, and packets of Tylenol, the, the painkiller had been tampered with and, and ultimately had been turned into poisons. Instead of just recalling the Tylenol that was in the affected area, they recalled all Tylenol. Now, this was obviously at the detriment to them, their financial performance, because obviously that costs a lot of money and you know, potentially could, could damage trust and things like that. But they knew that was the right thing to do, was not just to try and kind of cover over the problem and they came back to their original credo, which was written decades and decades before, generations before, around who they were there to serve. And it wasn't the shareholders that were most important. That wasn't why they existed. They existed for families and healthcare providers and the American people to help them be well and provide great quality products for them at the, the most fundamental level. So having that credo, having that purpose meant that when it came to really hard decisions and big decisions, the answer became quite obvious what they needed to do because they knew what mattered to them and they knew why they existed. They knew what, they were, what their visionary purpose was and therefore they knew how to be consistent with that and how to act in that regard. They practiced what they preached. So that's big idea number two, having a big, hairy, audacious goal. Big idea number three is to have a cult-like culture. And I really liked this one, mainly because culture is a lot of the work I do is around culture. So this is always a topic that really appeals to me. But the thing I liked about it was that it was about discipline and sticking to that plan. So very similarly to the, the BHAG or the big, hairy, audacious goal idea, you have to be consistent. You have to practice what you preach at all levels, not just 
oh, anyone below the executive or anyone below this certain level, you have to do these things, but we're going to do something different. No, this was pervasive through the organization as these cultures were alive and they really were living, breathing things. People knew what to do and they knew how to do it, which was most important. It was also a great way of rejecting poor fits because those people just wouldn't survive in that kind of ecosystem. And there was many examples, and there was a couple, uh, one in particular, a couple from Nordstrom who have a very specific standard of customer service and the way that is monitored and measured and you are assessed, etc. All of it is for the customer's gain. Now, what that meant is that people who maybe moved from other organizations, other retailers, weren't expecting that. And some of them thrived, obviously. They're like, this is what I've been looking for. This is what's been missing in my life. But others really struggled and you know, very quickly would be weeded out of the system and they would go back to another retailer where they were a better fit. So this is about the, the practices and the disciplines. This also breeds the future leaders. And there was a really strong link between leaders or CEOs of those companies or the successful visionary companies who had been homegrown. And those who had been homegrown and had come up through the ranks and through through the organization were much, much more successful. And the visionary organizations or companies had a lower rate of bringing in external people to come into CEO type roles. And those who the other uh, comparison companies who had bought in external CEOs really struggled. And there was a couple of examples, actually, even in the visionary companies who there's just a couple who did at various points bring in external CEOs and really didn't it didn't go very well. They, they quickly had to rectify that situation. Now, I found that really interesting because I've certainly been guilty myself of thinking, you know, while I've been in previous organizations and roles in thinking, oh, we just need some hotshot from external from somewhere else to come in and shake this up. But thinking, well, actually, now, obviously, it depends how you're bringing people up the system, which is, is very important. But maybe that's not always the best way in terms of bringing someone in from the outside. So it's something to think about in your own organizations. If you're thinking, oh, we need to bring someone in from, from external. Well, actually, is that always the right way? Now, like I said, you have to have obviously been developing leaders and, and future leaders in the right way within the organization for this to work. But it was a really interesting point, I thought, from an OD and culture perspective. There was a great quote in the book that discipline is the greatest thing in the world. Where there is no discipline, there is no character. And without character, there is no progress. And this sums it up. And I think if I was to sum up all of the different business books I've read, particularly ones that are around operations and outcomes and results and success, everything comes down to discipline. And a lot of organizations and a lot of people, and myself included, and you probably too, looking for the quick fix or the the new fad or the new thing that's going to shortcut to success really it comes down to consistency and discipline that's it and it's not very sexy and it's not very cool but it works i actually heard bj fogg on a podcast just today and he was talking about exactly that he actually lost sponsorship so he's the author of tiny habits which is a new book that i'm very excited about reading and he was talking about the fact that he actually lost sponsorship for an event. He's done a lot of research. He's kind of the daddy of, of habit formation and habit research. And the, all the research he's done shows that it's actually the really small, boring stuff that gets you consistency and gets you habit building. So he lost sponsors at an event he was running because 
people are like, oh, well, that's a bit dull. We were kind of hoping to sponsor an event that's got this big new whizzy thing. You take a pill and suddenly you're a, you go to the gym every day or you read three books a, a week or something like that. So it's kind of interesting, isn't it? People want the, the quick thing and people are, that's why there's a million different books on leadership and business and all the rest because there's a market for it. But when it comes down to it, it's actually the simple stuff. It's the discipline, it's the culture, it's the consistency. Anyway, rant over. I'll get off my little soapbox now and summarize. That was big idea number three, cult-like cultures. One of my favorites. So those are our three big ideas from the book Built to Last. Number one, clock building, not time telling. Number two, big, hairy, audacious goals, BHAGs. And number three, cult-like cultures. If you enjoyed this one, I look forward to sharing more with you next week in the good to great conversation. Definitely tune in for that one because I love good to great and I'm really excited about sharing the three big ideas because these are ones I read that a little bit earlier last year and those things still go through my mind on pretty much a weekly basis. When I think about building a business, doing the other things that I do, building a podcast, all of those different things, I'm thinking about the good to great principles. So hopefully that's whet your appetite. I look forward to speaking to you next week. If you like this episode, if you've got questions, I'd love to hear from you. LinkedIn or Instagram are the best ways to get in touch. Links are in the show notes as usual. Just click those and you'll be able to quickly find me and connect. But otherwise, until next time, happy reading. <laughs>